chapter nine of thrilling narratives of mutiny murder and piracy this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by betty b thrilling narratives of mutiny murder and piracy by anonymous chapter nine shipwreck of the french ship droit de l'homme on the fifth of january seventeen ninety seven returning home on leave of absence from the west indies in the cumberland letter of mark for the recovery of my health saw a large man-of-war off the coast of ireland being then within four leagues of the mouth of the river shannon she hoisted english colours and decoyed us within gunshot when she substituted the tricoloured flag and took us she proved to be les droits de l'homme of seventy-four guns commanded by the ci devant baron now citizen la crosse and had separated from a fleet of men of war on board of which were twenty thousand troops intended to invade ireland on board of the ship was general humbert who afterwards effected a descent into ireland in seventeen ninety nine with nine hundred troops and six hundred seamen on the seventh of january went into bantry bay to see if any of the squadron was still there and on finding none the ship proceeded to the southward nothing extraordinary occurred until the evening of the thirteenth when two men-of-war hove in sight which afterwards proved to be the indefatigable and amazon frigates it is rather remarkable that the captain of the ship should inform me that the squadron which was going to engage him was sir edward pellows and declared as was afterwards proved by the issue that he would not yield to any two english frigates but would sooner sink his ship with every soul on board the ship was then cleared for action and we english prisoners consisting of three infantry officers two captains of merchantmen two women and forty-eight seamen and soldiers were conducted down to the cabin tier at the foot of the foremast the action began with opening the lower deck ports which however were soon shut again on account of the great sea which occasioned the water to rush in to that degree that we felt it running on the cables i must here observe that this ship was built on a new construction considerably longer than men-of-war of her rate and her lower deck on which she mounted thirty-two pounders french equal to forty pounders english was two feet and a half lower than usual the situation of the ship before she struck on the rocks has been fully elucidated by sir edward pellow in his letter of the seventeenth of january to mr nepo the awful task is left for me to relate what ensued at about four in the morning a dreadful convulsion at the foot of the foremast roused us from a state of anxiety for our fate to the idea that the ship was sinking it was the foremast that fell over the side in about a quarter of an hour an awful mandate from above was re-echoed from all parts of the ship pouvoir anglais pouvoir anglais montez bien vite nous sommes tout perdus poor englishmen poor englishmen come on deck as fast as you can we are all lost every one rather flew than climbed though scarcely able to move before from sickness yet i now felt an energetic strength in all my frame and soon gained the upper deck but what a sight dead wounded and living intermingled in a state too shocking to describe not a mass standing a dreadful loom of the land and breakers all around us 
the indefatigable on the starboard quarter appeared standing off in a most tremendous sea from the penmark rocks which threatened her with instant destruction to the great humanity of her commander those few persons who survived the shipwreck are indebted for their lives for had another broadside been fired the commanding situation of the indefatigable must have swept off at least a thousand men on the starboard side was seen the amazon within two miles just struck on the shore our own fate drew near the ship struck and immediately sunk shrieks of horror and dismay were heard from all quarters while the merciless waves tore from the wreck many early victims daylight appeared and we beheld the shore lined with people who could render us no assistance at low water rafts were constructed and the boats were got in readiness to be hoisted out the dusk arrived and an awful sight ensued the dawn of the second day brought with it still severer miseries than the first for the wants of nature could scarcely be endured any longer having been already near thirty hours without any means of subsistence and no possibility of procuring them at low water a small boat was hoisted out and an english captain and eight sailors succeeded in getting to the shore elated at the success of these men all thought their deliverance at hand and many launched out on their rafts but alas death soon ended their hopes another night renewed our afflictions the morning of the third fraught with still greater evils appeared our continued sufferings made us exert the last effort and we english prisoners tried every means to save as many of our fellow-creatures as lay in our power larger rafts were constructed and the largest boat was got over the side the first consideration was to lay the surviving wounded the women and helpless men in the boat but the idea of equality so fatally promulgated among the french destroyed all subordination and nearly one hundred and twenty having jumped into the boat in defiance of their officers they sunk her the most dreadful of sea that i ever saw seemed at that moment to aggravate our calamity nothing of the boat was seen for a quarter of an hour when the bodies floated in all directions then appeared in all their horrors the wreck the shores the dying and the drowned indefatigable in acts of humanity an adjutant general Renier launched himself into the sea to obtain succours from the shore and perished in the attempt nearly one half the people had already perished when the horrors of the fourth night renewed all our miseries weak distracted and destitute of everything we envied the fate of those whose lifeless corpse no longer wanted sustenance the sense of hunger was already lost but a parching thirst consumed our vitals recourse was had to urine and salt water which only increased the wants half a hogshead of vinegar indeed floated up of which each had half a wine-glass it afforded a momentary relief but soon left us again in the same state of dreadful thirst almost at the last gasp every one was dying with misery and the ship now one-third shattered away from the stern scarcely afforded a grasp to hold by to the exhausted and helpless survivors the fourth day brought with it a more serene sky and the sea seemed to subside but to behold from fore to aft the dying in all directions was a sight too shocking for the feeling mind to endure almost lost to a sense of humanity we no longer looked with pity on those whom we considered only as the forerunners of our own speedy fate and a consultation took place to sacrifice some one to be food for the remainder 
the die was going to be cast when the welcome sight of a man-of-war brig renewed our hopes a cutter speedily followed and both anchored at a short distance from the wreck they then sent their boats to us and by means of large rafts about one hundred out of four hundred who attempted were saved by the brig that evening three hundred and eighty were left to endure another night's misery when dreadful to relate above one half were found dead the next morning i was saved about ten o'clock on the morning of the eighteenth with my brother officers the captain of the ship and general humbert they treated us with great humanity on board the cutter giving us a little weak brandy and water every five or six minutes and after that a basin of good soup i fell on the locker in a kind of trance for near thirty hours and swelled to such a degree as to require medical aid to restore my decayed faculties having lost all our baggage we were taken to brest almost naked where they gave us a rough shift of clothes and in consequence of our sufferings and the help we afforded in saving many lives a cartel was fitted out by order of the french government to send us home without ransom or exchange we arrived at plymouth on the seventh of march following to that providence whose great workings i have experienced in this most awful trial of human afflictions be it ever offered the tribute of my praise and thanksgiving End of chapter nine